Welcome to the MCO Advisors Podcast. In this episode, Corey and Ryan discuss the importance of consistent activity to grow your brand and how you can implement it daily. Welcome to another episode of Advisor to Advisor. Uh, I am your host. Where is it? Ryan Stark, co-host Ryan Stark with co-host Corey Keating. Corey Keating. Uh, I don't know how we're going to do that intro, and I don't know if I'm going to do that every time, but I feel like it's good to make it a little bit more official. So the show has started. Just uh, do it casually, to... the way we would do it. What's up, guys? It's Ryan, Corey. That is go. not yeah. how I would do it. It's got to be. It's got to be above and beyond, or it's not the same thing. Off the record is when we chill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this has to be a show. What's up, Sid? Uh, today we're going to be talking about marketing activity. Corey, it's something that you and I talk about all the time from a general sense. And I shared some personal bullet points of how I'm spending marketing activity. So I guess I'd like to go two places with this. I'd like to talk about it from a general sense of, of course, why it's so important and, and how results shake out at the end of activity, as well as maybe if we were going to get granular, we could talk about, at least from a high level, everything you and I do as a team and as a company to try to build a brand. Yeah. I mean, activity is the thing. It's the game. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you and I had a busy day yesterday and mm. um, possibly a game changing day with all the conversations we're having. And all of that stems from activity, like all of it. The the th- the biggest thing I could say to everybody too is that you know the the end user has always been our focus and we always talk about that but the end user and advisors are actually building our business by requesting it and that's something that really comes from brand that's built based off all the activity that we've done and the the situation or the the explanation I had in my post this morning was look how hard like Corey and I working it's two people pulling the sled in the same direction. So I can always imagine why it's difficult for an advisor by himself to get a real brand built. And that's why at the end, I was clear in saying could even be longer, but I gave everybody a threshold of 12 to 24 months of, of consistent activity before I feel like you're feeling something like this. Yeah, I I truly believe like I everything we say, you said something to me last night and you're like, I don't care what anyone thinks because I believe in it. And that's my truth. So like, if they don't agree with me, that's cool. They just don't agree. But like, I'm not hiding from it. I love that. And I don't know how to create a piece of digital content around that yet without sounding like arrogant um, for you. Uh, but I want to because I, I, I really like that. And I like you leaning in on that. So what I'm saying here is I, I believe that if advisors could take some money off the board and allocate that to aligning to getting them more help, to putting out more content and being more active marketers, I promise you guys, like we don't promise results, but I promise like you guys will see results, like your business, your world will change if you can commit more to your marketing activity. For sure. And I, again, I know that's going into uh, leaning hell, uh, crazy into delegation, I think is, is something that we've been doing a lot more because we realize if you're an advisor by yourself, um, and, and we talk about all this strategy and say, okay, looks like you could use videos. You could use YouTube. Looks like a podcast would be awesome. All right, you're one person. Let's start with one video a week. You know what I mean? You break down all the strategy and you have to start that simple if you're not handing things off. So your activity is going to be minimal, but you do what you can do. Uh, and you know, it's one of the most, it's one of the most important things I think is to, to, uh, give an example. So when I think about my marketing activity, uh, how I operate, at least, and I'll just use LinkedIn as an example. That's where my bullets came from. So what I'm doing every day is not every day, but mo- something every day, written posts, the live show, video clips from the live show that will go in, uh, comments, engaging on others' posts, voice messages and DMs to engage more in relationships and LinkedIn stories, which show more about my background and life and things like that. That is my little brand cadence that I think I feel comfortable with that has led to activity. That's not even the whole company. That's just, that's the show, obviously, partially the company. That's Ryan's but, loop. But it's my loop. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. That's like my little, my little LinkedIn ecosystem. 
and here's how cool that is, right? So advisors, you're typically operating as individuals, but if you have the benefit of having a small team, you take Ryan's loop, you apply my loop, and then you apply the company loop. Now you've got that whole diagram thing going on. And, and that's when real inroads, I mean, if, if you have the benefit of having help, that's when real inroads can be made. But, you know, advisors, that that's where Ryan and I are coaching you guys as MCO members. Like, we just need to create that loop, that that consistent doing this, doing this, talks to this, does this, around and around yeah. that goes. Yeah. And eventually when we're breaking down strategy, it's obviously, you know, marketing activity with intent, but outside of intent, the activity itself is where we may not be able to measure the exact results. That's where people are like, how many likes, what should I be looking at? Should I be looking at analytics on YouTube to see how things are doing? I would say a good thing to look at on YouTube as an analytic is your video retention in order for you to tell if people are consuming your content to see if your videos are good. But I wouldn't necessarily worry about that that stuff so much. I would keep it high level and keep your focus on the activity that you know will work at the end of the day based on a good non-corner cutting strategy. And that's something that I think we've been practicing with members and been building that loop ecosystem, whatever we decide to call it. That's what we've been creating, connecting the dots, wherever these terms come from. That's what we've, I feel like we've been doing more successfully recently and been helping other people do. And that's why I wanted to hone in on it today because it's one of the fundamental things that, you know, even after seven months of us doing the show nearly every day, it's something we come back to and we, we still talk about on a daily basis. I agree with that. Um, there's something I, Scott, I'll address your comment in a second. Ryan, you can read it and think about it before we dig no. in. Um, yeah. <laughs> so there's something I've thought about for years and I, I, it's probably one of my early LinkedIn posts when I went out on my own, when I left corporate, this is probably going back 24, 36 months. Um, it was a post a rhetorical question of like, will someone see your brand today? And I don't mean like CoreyKeating.com. I mean like my brand, will someone see me today? Will the world know that I'm out there in a business form today? I think you need to do that every day. The world needs to at least, there needs to be a piece of content representing your brand out, put out into the world every day. And I don't care if it's as minuscule as just a LinkedIn story or an Instagram post or a LinkedIn post or a YouTube clip, like just one thing. Every day, there needs to be one thing that goes out that represents you and your brand. And, and that's my opinion. Um, that is, you know, I was thinking that, Scott, before I saw your message, but we'll dig into your message after, Ryan, you think about what I said. 365 days a year, there should be at least one thing that goes out into the world that represents you and your brand. Yeah, I think what people are underestimating is my view is the second connection is the viewers is the is the people who who like to consume the content or the consumers, the people who aren't creating. I think we get lost fumbling over all the creators and we start to wonder, you know, are we are we cluttering you know, each other's newsfeed? I want somebody who's going to follow me, you know, and I want, I want the content. I want to put things out to increase that message. I think I have a good message and I want to take more swings each day. So that's where I go with you, Corey, and putting out as much content as I can. I just, it's just not, it's not, it's not something I worry about. I would rather put out, you know, five pieces of high quality content if I could by building content every day, doing this show, like figuring out the talking points for advisors. And maybe not everyone's going to hit and be perfect, but you can't promise me that those one to two high quality pieces are going to get much better engagement. What makes them high quality is the end user's perception. And I can't promise quality. So that's why we have to use consistency as a metric. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't like judging. I don't like basing the amount of content we put out into the world based on the LinkedIn algorithm. Like the LinkedIn algorithm is, it's fucked. Like no one understands it. You don't know. We, like we all spend way too much time talking about it. Like if you put out good content, people will consume it. Like I follow a lot of people who post more than once a day and their stuff's good. Like that's just the bottom line. Like, so I get it. I'm not, I don't put out LinkedIn posts every day, but I put out something into the world every day. And you guys might not follow me on Twitter. You might not follow me on Instagram. You might not see what I'm doing on YouTube or with this show or you know wherever else. There's a million platforms. I'm out there daily. So I'm just trying to encourage everyone to, to widen their exposure, wide, open their lens a little bit. Yeah. 
And I don't necessarily, you know, I don't necessarily want more engagement. You know what I mean? I don't necessarily necessarily want to create as much of a conversation as I want more business. So, and more brand, I guess, which doesn't necessarily mean engagement. I think we have these weird focuses on like, like I said, like this power hour, make sure as many people are commenting as possible, you're responding. So like it sees more people, I get the viewership side of it, but I think we've become a little bit obsessed with engagement and not realizing that the people who usually buy from you are not engaging. The people who buy are, like I said, the outside people viewing. And when I think about that is like, and I use this analogy as the players on the field, like we're all professionals talking to each other. It's why it's like, it's easy to fall into a LinkedIn echo chamber because there's what 1%, 2% creators, 98% viewers. Mm-hmm. So I'm always thinking about those viewers. I'm thinking about people who want to see something like this or find value like this, need that extra piece of content to push them over the edge. Um, we're, we're having conversations on the phone of, of reaching higher, bigger money and things. So it's just, you know, it works. And now it's something that I feel like I've become a little addicted to and feeling that a brand can snowball. And now I like, I get too excited and can't stop. I love that because I think any of the business, like I've said this a hundred times and you guys, if you've watched, you know, this, any of most of our new business comes from people that do not engage with us. Most of the phone calls we have behind the scenes come from people that do not engage with us. So when I think of my stuff getting engaged with, it's generally from the people who are part of the club, who are part of the community, who we already have a relationship with, or we probably won't, but they're kind of in or, you know, they're part of the group. Those aren't the people that generally are doing new business with us. And that's where that frame of mind thing kind of clicks. Like, I I just don't, I don't judge. I don't know, man. Like, five engage five likes can be so much more valuable than 40. Like I've told you this, Ryan, I had a post that I put out that went semi-viral. It had like 5,000 likes and quarter million views. Like it was yeah, crazy. That's viral. One, we have, that's, okay, not, we, that's not one piece of business comes from that. I don't even know if connection requests come from that. It was just people liked it because it, it struck a chord with people. It was human, but like, you know, why do anything viral is almost like it's viral is almost like once a video goes viral, the power of that video almost sits by itself. If that makes sense. It's yeah. almost like people don't even attach it necessarily to your brand. Agreed. If that, you know, you see, you see a video, like you said, it's not like, wow, look at this viral video. This must be the best marketer on LinkedIn or something like that. Like, I don't think anybody's brain connects like that. It just says, look how this content is traveling. I totally agree. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm, I think we go over this a lot in general different ways. I'm sure we've talked about, you know, marketing activity. Uh, but again, I just think with what we do with MCO, which I'd like to connect. Uh, what I also wanted to get into as well is, you know, how do you operate? You know, Corey, what is your, what do you feel like your circle is of marketing activity? Um, based on, kind of when you described your loop, you're asking me what my loop is. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would say, you know, you have your Sunday night posts that you're focusing on. I think you put your, your, you know, your text brand and stories. Um, so I feel like you're probably touching the same place as I am, but just in a little bit different of a way, just because of the capability of your, of your designing skill. My loop is very similar to yours. I just polish it a little bit more because I can. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a, that's exactly what I said. I don't feel like yeah. we had to repeat it. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I, I like being, I mean, advisors, I know that this is hard for you guys, for some of you who have restricted compliance rules and everything. I think the LinkedIn stories thing is still in its infancy. And I actually think that the algorithm is paying attention to all of the activity that's going on there. And as that thing grows, I do think there's going to be, um, the, the people who are consistent there are going to get prioritized just like they do on Instagram. I think that happens. I actually, I, I believe that, that's a place people should be daily. Um, and that's why I try every night, like I'm watching the news or chatting with you at 11.30 p.m. And I'm like, shoot, I don't have anything there. Even though it's 11.30 p.m., no one's going to watch it. I don't care, but it lives for a full day. I'm doing that. Right. Um, I, why? I, I can't believe still that stories hasn't gone to desktop. They will. It'll figure itself out. It's just they're they're probably, I mean, you know what? They're I mean, probably drinking from a fire hose at LinkedIn. I, I bet you they don't even know it. They, they can't handle all the stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. From, at least 
from what I from what I've seen in terms of the numbers, the I said the amount of creators, I think we are up to I think somebody said 2%. And they used to use the 1% number for a long time. So I don't know if that's true. But obviously, even though it's small, a whole extra percent is still double. So that's a lot. And of they're playing people. with the ads. They're playing right, with right, right. making and sure that's what I mean. Stay. Businesses yeah. are here. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's everybody's jumping in trying to do everything all at once. And they, they've been so flooded. My loop LinkedIn stories yeah. daily. I, I probably try to do three to five text posts a week. I try to do at least one native video if we're just talking LinkedIn mm-hmm. a week. Um, and then I also sprinkle this stuff in on Instagram. Right. And um, I'll take the video and put it on YouTube. My loop's not huge. I don't go crazy with what I do. I think I just try to provide as much value every time I put something out. I, I The one thing I do, and I know you know this, is I don't put out vanilla like i if it can't add value to your day i I just won't do it because i i find that to be noise i hate noise yeah that's why i didn't post yesterday you know i i i'm i was staring at my phone and i feel like if i've matured as a marketer it's just because i'm staring at it like i want something to be here i want a good piece of content but i don't feel it and i'm i I don't even feel like writing anything i was like so i closed my phone i was like i'm I'm gonna force something so whatever it is um I, i just let it go you know and that's where i think though people always depend on their own creativity and that's us this is us eating our own dog food and this is us talking to Kristen in the background who's saying hey i need more editing of videos for those spots because i'm running around with the kids in the morning and taking a little extra time with them just because we're not doing the show and then i find i could have used a post at eight o'clock but i can't all of a sudden flip my brain on inside to be extremely creative you know just because it's 8 30. Um, totally agree but that but it's but still so that's where i'm not forcing it but something could go there so because i believe that now i'm delegating it and making sure that i'm increasing marketing activity because while i think it's fine to have an empty day i just don't want one i believe something should be in that spot and i'll put something there you know so hopefully by next week i hope you guys see me in the rhythm of seeing little clips stuff like this maybe something i said at the beginning of right around the middle of 10 minutes of when we were talking about how, why I believe in producing a bunch of content is a clip that can be out a uh, minute 30, you know, that goes out Tuesday or Thursday morning when we're not doing the show. Can we, I, I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see Kristen and you and, and the team behind the scenes here collaborate on some of the content curation. So I'm, I'm psyched about that. Um, scheduling LinkedIn content. Good question, Zach. Let's get into that in a minute. I just want to ask Brian mm-hmm. another question here mm-hmm. on, um, these comments always throw me off. <laughs> That's what the, it's like. They're, they're there. We need them. But also, like, I have to click off every once in a while because I'll just start reading. And then I realize, oh, this is a, it's a show. It's a live yeah, show. Yeah, we're, right. we're here for people. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Let's address Zach's. If my thought comes back. We'll okay. Talk about okay. That. Thoughts gone. That's I, I know how that goes. Uh, <laughs> it happens to happens to be every seven minutes. Uh, has anyone Oh, here? I'll click this up for you. Has anyone gotten into a flow of scheduling their LinkedIn content pros and cons? Uh, Zach, I'm going to go pro on this one for right now. Uh, and I'll say that, well, Pros, I Please, think. I just is, want to leave this up because oh, people yeah, are watching yeah, in the moment. No, I want right. them to be able to see what you're uh, Pro about. to me is after giving you my example of what I just dealt with and, and me having a little bit of trouble planning something, I like to be passionate and have something good in the moment. There's always a time for that. So I don't want to force something. So that's why if I'm not feeling creative, I want to make sure I have uh, content curated in my back pocket that I can pull out. So if I don't have a current thought or a good moment or a a passionate morning I'm feeling good with, then I'm going to take that piece of curated content with a message, use that as my own inspiration, post the video and put a nice text post behind it. So to me, I'm sitting right in the middle between scheduling and not. I think I want to have content always ready for me, but I'm not the type to be like this month, you know, Corey, we're going to talk about newsletters. And like this week, we're going to talk about you know webinars or something like that. I just... It's uh, I think we move too fast to schedule like that, but um, but scheduling your content to a certain degree, I think, can be beneficial because it can add to consistency, which I think is the key. Yeah, um, I don't use a scheduling app. Like I'm not, I, yeah, I'm like not at the level. Yeah, or, I don't yeah. need that. Yeah, I, I'd be, it'd be foolish for me to sit here and tell you, Zach, that. I don't think about what time I'm putting content out. I mean, I put out stories whenever I feel it because those live for a day and 
they're going to show up and they're going to, you're going to consume them if you're a story consumer. So I don't think about that really. Um, but otherwise you're a financial advisor. I'm targeting financial advisors. So I'm putting out content when I think you're watching. So yes, the answer for me is absolutely yes. That's why between 7.30 and 8.30 p.m. weekdays, I'm generally active. I'm active Sunday nights. I don't get in your guys' way purposely. I know Ryan plays this um, and it works. I don't like to, I, you guys are super busy between eight and nine on social media, putting out your content for your audience. I don't like to get in your way during that time. So I, I you know, I, I step away, but I, I absolutely think about when I put content out. Oh, I feel like, I feel like, yeah, well, I understand that too. And I, I, I do see that. Um, one of the things I see is maybe I, one of the times that I feel like I've liked that has given a good piece of content, a chance to flow through that advisor moment is I think like seven thirty to eight. Cause like you said, everybody's pretty much posting by eight or eight thirty or so. And then I feel like advisors are back into the engaging mode, which is why I like to do it into the morning. And I just think everybody's there. Everybody's posting. It's kind of like, you know, everybody is just taking a break before work, sitting at the sitting in the parking mm-hmm. lot. And I'm there's just, no right know, or wrong. There, there really isn't. Yeah, you're right. And I think one of the benefits is that you know, again, having two of us, it's like you're all we're always there because there's two of us. So we're, we're yeah. I'd, I'd be pissed if you stepped on my 7:30 8 p.m. time. Get the yeah. hell out of here. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start going live on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I know Corey does a video right about now. I'm going to say, yeah, um, and, and the live is going to be called something that has absolutely nothing to do with marketing. <laughs> um, let's, uh, what else do we have? Congratulations to Tracy. Just got approved for LinkedIn Live and I'm watching to see what's going to happen to me when I forget it's live. This, this, this is a good example what to do and sort of what not to do. Right? You know what? We're, Leave that up. I love that. Trace, like when, you, when you go live, let the um let the angst of being perfect go like let let the perfectness just fall like cuz that that's what makes boring live yes pull the and, bourbon out right like chill let's <laughs> let's make this like yeah. what's the andy cohen thing this is water that's why i'm so chill all the time have fun with it uh yeah have fun and uh, as as i know you will and we'll we'll be there if you're live you know to support so let us know when that's going on uh what else sid i try to plan my week out so i know what i'm posting on what day sid's also been heavy into videos so i imagine sid if that is leading into your scheduling because when you're thinking about videos i feel like you think about topics and then you're like okay i can only handle this much capacity you know i only have this much bandwidth to create videos it's going to be one a week so maybe you're like this week is you know social security next week is this 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 bourbon and book geeking book 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 keeping yeah um, the one thing that I think Ryan and I would share, and we talk offline about this, and we talk live about this too, is solo's hard. So keep that Very, in mind if you have, yeah. uh, you know, if you can have someone you can have as a wing wing person. Especially starting, you know, somebody yeah. like Sid, he's not going to be like, well, here's my you know twenty thousand dollar marketing budget I can hand to my marketing team and like get all this stuff done. Even a couple thousand dollars, you're probably like, well, it's deductible, but shit, <laughs> it's like a lot. So it's hard to uh, hard to spend money. You got to do it yourself. Um, and I agree with you in the sense, Sid, that I do feel stressed in the morning when I'm running my kids around and then I feel that prime time is when I'm supposed to be posting and I miss and I miss it. And I think that's when I'm forcing creativity. So that's so why punt and do it the next day. That's why that's why I've I solved it with curating. I've already said something cool. So I'll take that and put it there. You know, I don't need to say something cool again. I've already said something cool. Yeah. And let me, I don't want to make this like a commercial for us. And I, every time I say that it turns into a commercial, so that's hilarious, but (laughs) it really isn't. Um, Guys, really good content curators are literally impossible to find right now. It's probably the number one most in demand job I can think of because Ryan and I are out there looking for more of them and the great ones. I'm not talking good, satisfactory. Like I'm talking great. Like they put out really, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's hard to find. And like, I, you know, if you find one, give them what they need to keep them happy. And whether that's you find a firm that does marketing for you or you find an individual freelancer, like mm-hmm. hang on tight, hold tight. Yep. Completely agree with that. Having somebody you can hand your content to and say, you know, like, here's my message to the world. And then they present it for you in a way that saves you time. There's nothing that can replace something like that. And again, they're not speaking for you. They're not writing your scripts, but they're editing it in such a way. And it really does make a difference when you do it right. 
you put the right graphic somewhere or the right transition or the right music, anything can be tacky, but anything can also be exemplary. And the difference and how, is, is, like this, is an you artist. You can't even put, I, I, we're not rich, but you almost can't put a value on like getting something back and you're like, whoa, like that's awesome. That's what I mean. If you impress me content wise and solve my problem, like, shh, it's like, yeah, there's, here, there's, there's the money. You know what I mean? We're a marketing company and we're having marketing problems and we need people like, and I, we feel the same angst that advisors feel in terms of when you guys, even if you wanted to pull the trigger and finally hire somebody, now you're walking around like who, like what do yeah, I do? Right, right, right. That's <laughs> what do I go on Upwork? Do I find somebody? Is this you, good? Is you this can't not go on Upwork because I'm there and I'm yeah, looking for people. Right. So I'm beating you there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what else is besides Upwork? Fiverr? Um, I mean, there, the talent's yeah. there, but like yeah. the great talent is not there. Like yeah. they're being hired. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Tough, tough, tough world. Uh, tough world. Um, really, I, I think, uh, I, I don't know the secret. My guess is to go into networking where people are creating. Like I would imagine one of the first places I would go is on Instagram and go into DRock's feed and just start talking to people there. And Tried like, it. Been there. You yeah. you end up in Ireland or Turkey, yeah. and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. But it's right. the time difference sucks. Yeah, and then it's like, do you understand the business I'm in? Yeah, like you're 22. Right, 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 like, right, do right. you actually get finance and in our yeah. consumer base? Yeah, you've logged every day for a couple of years, but do you understand financial advisors? And does that matter to our curator? Why I said I don't mean to make this a commercial is because we are bring the reason we're out there trying to hire more talent and do more things is so that we can be that Fiverr or that Upwork for you guys. Like, yeah, we we're can steal everybody from there. So we find the talent. We say this talent's awesome. Now yeah. we have the, you know, we have the pool that you guys can come to and, and we can outsource and, and, and do that work for you. So that's why we're out there searching for it. It's not just to make Ryan and I look better. It's to make sure that we have enough people in the till to fulfill the marketing that you guys need. Of course. And it goes to show like how much we believe in marketing activity is I already realized like if all the advisors that we're talking to right now and the companies, uh, asset managers, if everybody says yes, all at once, Done. like we're in a, we're in trouble, you know? So we're literally hunting for human capital and talent right now because we need to make sure that we can keep up with our personal brand while we're running the business. I already told you I'm skipping Tuesdays and Thursdays and I don't believe in that. So that's, we're going to have to fix that. But we get a bunch of yeses. I might have to pull Kristen off my personal brand and throw her into, you know, editing for uh, an individual who expects us to pull out one or two videos a week. So we have to make sure we're, we're ready to go. And I want to make sure we have people talented in the back and we can, you know, hire somebody. So that's, it's that's like we're, at. we're trying to solve a problem that we have for you guys. I think that's kind of the meta thing here. Like, I wish I had a place to go where I knew there was a pool of great talent and I could rely on the people in charge of that business to make sure it's great talent and great work. Kind like, of I wish list there was an creators. MCO. Isn't there, isn't there like an Angie's list for creators? No, we need an MCO underscore MCO advisors. Like we go to the next level up and we pull from them. And then <laughs> I just pull down from us. <laughs> Basically, uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what we need. yeah. It's just so, <clears throat> this is this has been the interesting and the fun part of the business. I was really comfortable with the first person. I think everybody agrees they can use an admin. Okay, there's human stuff that I don't need to do with any business here. This can yeah. go to anybody. And now you're stepping into okay, what do I need to move forward and not just sustain? I've got some of my time back now. I now I want to move forward. What does that mean? It's either more of your time or some of your money. And mostly, if you want talent, it's a lot of your money. So that's again, where we are, but we have too much cash in the bank account sitting there for no reason. So it's time to, well, uh, because think of time like to, time to hand somebody some money and get some things. Done. Think of hiring an average to good content curator. All right, cool. You're putting out more content that blends in with everything else in the world. Mm -hmm. So I could argue you just wasted money mm -hmm. because you just created more noise that just gets ignored. Um, That's the problem, Scott. So then when you ask what the going rate is for a content curator, the Delta is in how good are they? It's not the money. Like I don't even think about the money when we're talking to content curators. I need to see the, like, show me your portfolio. I yeah. need to see your shit. But it seems like if we could pick a number, maybe 550 to 100, seeing the full scale, I mean, it can double. And I guarantee if you get somebody who's editing videos for Gary V, it's gonna be $200 an hour, you know, or $500 Easily. an hour or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, I mean, he's got the top, top. Yeah, yeah, it gets, it, it gets, it gets into people who are probably 
capable of working with James Cameron and directing and things like that, or, or, or having those, having those levels of, of curating of opportunity. So there, there's a lot of people, a lot of curators that are way out of our reach. Um, and I think, you know, finding somebody out of college is awesome, but you also want somebody who can handle the problem right now, not somebody who's training, but somebody who's trained and that costs, you know? So, um, Scott, I filmed a YouTube video that was probably five or six minutes long um, a few months ago about college grads. It's a conversation Ryan and I have all the time with um, advisors and firms who have, you know, cousin Elizabeth, uh, nephew John, you know, so-and-so is graduating from Penn State. They need a job. I'm going to apply them to my marketing and the whole world's going to change. Bad news for you is that's not going to happen. Um they don't know the world yet. They need to learn. They've been in a, they've been in an echo chamber. They've gone to a school, right? And they've presented to 40 classmates who are obligated to clap for them when the presentation's over. They haven't tasted failure in a marketing sense in the real world yet. They, they don't know your audience. They don't know the business. That is a really tricky place to play. And I would actually encourage you and guide you towards just hiring someone who knows the business and knows the game already. Yes, completely agree. Um, and uh, and now, you know, I'm not sure, uh, DJ, if you're asking or if this is a point of your reference or if you're actually asking us, how do you know what the ROI is and if it's working in your marketing strategy? Um, what I feel from hiring somebody and how you feel somebody, I think people always say KPIs and there's ways to to try to grab a metric based on how much somebody's money is making for you. But basically to me, at least I go with the feeling of is somebody creating something better than I can? And is it saving me time and, and solving the problem that we need? And I think there's different levels of talent. Do I see, you know, I really look at people and I think about is, is this somebody who wants to fight and wants to get better and learn? Do I see potential? And if I see potential in somebody, I know that the best basketball teams who won, although you had plenty of stars jump together and they started making these two and three people teams um, and they started winning championships that way, I know that the best team is going to be people who've been together for a few years. So I'm really trying to audit the individual. Do I see the creative spark? Yes, yeah, the Raptors, the Warriors, right? I mean, like that's all. Teams. That's all I feel like I need to work one on one with somebody to make sure that they become part of our team. And when we are coordinating and moving at all cylinders and they have, you know, the talent that they're willing to fight for, then that's all I feel like I need in terms of ROI. The great thing with marketing, the gift and the curse is it's subjective. We don't necessarily know what works and why. We just know that that's the point of this entire conversation for the last 35 minutes is activity. Activity works. Now, the delta, I'll use that word again, it depends on how good and how great and how quality your activity is. Completely agree. And this is one of the hardest things. DJ, you're just killing it with the questions. You should be here every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. How do you know what strategy to keep and what to let go? This is one of the hardest things. Um, And I think because everybody's quits too early. So I think that's when it comes down to figuring out that strategy. And the only thing I could say to anybody who's trying to figure this out, when I go back to market research and trying to figure out what are the problems of the real end user, because I feel like if you know the problems, you just have to find the creative way to get the message across. And then all you have is really distribution problems, which platform, what time and all that stuff. So when we're spending all of our time learning about advisors, I know what strategy to hold on to. And I know what's not going to work because I know where they are. I know what they're feeling and I know what their problems are. And if I ever feel like I lose sight of that, then I go back to having a meeting or thinking about talking to a member or I bring everybody in on a Zoom and I'm like, I need some inspiration. I need to know what advisors are feeling right now or what's going on. Of course, we have advisors from all different firms, so it feels different. RIA feels completely different from being constricted in you know, a Wells Fargo. So, um, Guys, stick around for a minute while we get into this point. If you were thinking about bouncing, stick around for a minute because yeah. I want to dive into this with uh, DJ's got a great question and I want to ask Brian more about it. Yeah. Um, what strategy do you keep and what do you let go? So you just answered that. I want to dig in a little deeper. You've got to like doing it. Like blogs were the thing to do in 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017. And then they become the ghost town. And like, no one likes writing a blog. So 
it's probably a good idea to let that go. If you're going to do it yourself, you have to like it. Fair. TikTok. Now, what was our what was our thought process with TikTok? Organic growth. It was another organic platform that I felt if we could make the commitment now in 24 months as it's aging up. And as I know, there's already, I, I know four, four advisors who share TikTok videos here. I know they're there. Um, but, you know, can we perform there the same way as here? As I and think. Why? What, what so, all to. right. So we both agreed TikTok was an important platform, November, December, even some of January. That changed in our opinion. Mm-hmm. Why? Right. I mean, well, so we let it go. Uh, we were putting money into it. Yeah, I was putting. OK, so here here's a good example of exactly what we were going through from an operational standpoint. I realized we didn't build a foundational business first and I wasn't we weren't taking our time. We weren't saving our time yet. So we had an employee that we put on TikTok when we needed somebody to do X, Y and Z. There were things that had to be done priority, even above stepping to a new platform, organic or not. We stepped there too early. So I assume, you know, maybe we will be there. But it's got to be somewhere where that we know we can perform and it's not going to be a box checking thing. And especially we can't put a human being there when we need them somewhere else. Yeah, I think it's that prioritization thing, right? Yeah. So DJ, if you're not executing where your current audience is for whatever it is you're trying to do with your business and your career and, and your professional life, don't worry about the other stuff. That stuff has to come second to the foundation. You have to build the foundation, the pillar content. Um, you have to be in the foundational areas and execute on those before you're worried about all this other stuff. And that goes for everybody. Like we can't be, unless you have a massive team, you can't be everywhere all the time. You have to prioritize some versus others. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were making money here, so it's pretty easy. Same thing. I think I say about, you know, YouTube, like down here is I appreciate YouTube, but I still think there's, there's some damage we can do on, on LinkedIn. Again, why I'm filling in those gaps of Tuesday and Thursday. I believe in this, this platform right now so much, I won't always be here. You know, I would, I would, I think one of the greatest like things of understanding how marketing works is that this show moves one day, if it ever warrants it, you know, I'll, I'll move the show. Like I would love to move it from a different platform if it's, if it takes, if it's necessary, you know, we, we, I don't know if we'll always live on LinkedIn. I feel like we'll always be MCO advisors. We'll always have our podcast. And I guess these days you can stream multiple places, but I would love there for be a new platform that people start using. Although I kind of feel like when people start to live somewhere, they stick there. So I think, you know, like my mom is on Facebook and she may check other uh, other platforms to see, you know, maybe what her kids are and grandkids are doing. But for the most part, she lives there. So I, I bounce between, you know, will we jump to new platforms? As I know, we'll be dealing as advisors are all over the place. You know, but I think I, I kind of feel like this is going to be our home, even if it's even if it's pay to play for LinkedIn. Yeah. And uh, let's not diversify before we have to. But right. Tasting and trying other things is important and being other places where people consume content is is also important. Yes, completely agree. Less is more when you're starting because if you don't have anything to to give or any value or any real brand, you just start shotgunning yourself. Yes. You, you you end up doing a lot of things that don't matter as much. And I think keeping it tighter focuses more on the business. And again, that's why we started following our own advice and getting into getting into planning. And our strategy was less is more. What a great show today. Great show. If everybody can hear in the background, that is my dog drinking water. And uh, I don't know how to get him to stop. He always waits till I'm on Zoom or live uh, to start. I can't really hear it. I think you're more concerned about it than we are. I can't even hear it. The microphone just picks up everything. So I, I can hear stuff upstairs sometimes when I'm editing. So I assumed right next to me, like he's almost splashing my leg. It's so close. No, uh, I just assumed you could hear it. Yeah. We can if we really pay attention. Don't worry about it. Wait, is everybody there? Now he's looking at me. Okay. Now he knows I'm talking about him. Good show, everybody. Appreciate uh, yeah. pre appreciate you guys being here. Now we'll switch to uh, off the record. And I think just chat real quick about some things we're going over throughout the day. Um, Friday, uh, Thomas Koppelman, is that his last name? Yeah. So excited Koppelman. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't want to say it wrong. I hate saying people's names wrong. Uh, but Thomas is going to be here. Killer newsletter. News, newsletter. Focuses on millennials. Uh, it's going to be something that... Um, it's going to be a, a, an amazing episode as always. So make sure you're here Friday at 930 so you can talk to Thomas about what he's doing. And uh, 
you know, again, another another person that I've been watching from afar that I'm excited to to talk about and see, you know, how his marketing activity has been working for him. Yeah, I, I want to know early. You know, he stuck with it. He obviously, you know, he went through the pain point of people not caring. I'd love to know all that stuff. Yeah. For sure. Uh, especially then you see people's results and what they stuck to. And I love that he's leading with a newsletter. It seems like it's doing well. Uh, and I I don't know, it gives me it, it, I like to be opened up to what other people are doing when I hear different types of successes. It's also things we can share with advisors, things we can hone in on. We have a, a newsletter, you know, that we yes. care about. So it's nice that we get to talk to, to somebody about theirs who really hones in on his. So I'm, I'm excited to pick up some tips that hopefully we can bring back and, and apply to ours. Guys, if you want some, just, you know, it's not a sale, like, but go to, to have our newsletter delivered to you on Fridays. Um, Ryan does a phenomenal job with it. Go to mcoadvisors.com slash content, and you can sign up for the newsletter. Um, you know, that's an evolving thing for us, but there's a lot of great marketing insight there to head into the weekend and to, and to kind of st stuff to think about for the new week. So I'd encourage you guys all do that. You know, that newsletter is that time that I feel like I say the things I wish I would have said on Tuesday and Thursday mornings when I when I could post. And maybe that's content that we use, take and use and again, refine and um, and curate. And anyway, you can you can curate text, right? You can use I think it's deep. Put, that's what I think it is. That's why I like the is. newsletter. But, but it is. And the reason is because it's like, OK, I know I need to do this. And when I sit down and write, I'm like an all at once kind of person, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Like I have to indulge myself in it and complete to finish like a project. So sometimes it's an hour and a half, two hours later, you know, I pop out with, with a newsletter that I've edited and sent to myself 17 times because I want to make sure it reads well and it flows. And to me, that's the effort I put into making something consumable. So again, not to not to hammer it, but it is something that, you know, just like anything else, we put a marketing, full marketing effort into. And uh, one of the things that I've been learning about myself and about about demand generation and marketing is that it's more of a mindset. It's something that you can create demand with a newsletter. And I'm looking to use that as a refinement tool for anybody who's following us, anybody who appreciates email, anybody who appreciates a little bit more long form and following up with our content, hearing about MCO. That's our place you know, to talk to you. So if that's you jump in i'm writing yeah. it anyway <laughs> i'm doing it i'm doing it anyway yeah <laughs> um awesome. yeah thanks sid yeah sign up it's um i mean it's not spam it's it's a good it's a it's just a valuable piece of marketing content so there's no just, honestly there's no reason not to sign up for it there's I not enjoy a, it. There, there's not a check the box bone in my body and i won't I won't display check the box content to any degree and i like, feel I think you I would send it if it said i have nothing to say tonight cheers yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, that is content. I, and then I would say that I have nothing to say tonight. This is content. And people would like, wow, that's powerful. It's almost less is more, you know, like, yeah, right. again, it's it's, yeah, but, th but those are, but those are, um, I, I do try to obviously give more effort than that. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think everything works. And I appreciate communicating with people in, in any different channel I can. But again, this goes back to marketing activity. You know, I know, I know we're off the record, but it's something that, we're in your inbox, you know, we're on your feed, we're, we're on other people's feed, uh, we're in stories, you know what I mean? And I think, while people think, can your market be over, oversaturated? I don't think good content, which I feel like we put out can ever be too much. There's not too much good content. I never look at a video and I go, God damn it, I'm tired of learning something. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean, yeah, so yeah. I hope that's what we deliver. And that's why I'm so confident in doing it. Not everything's going to be a home run, but my but my intention is home run. And that's all I need to take a swing each day. I totally agree with that. What do we have today? There's nothing scheduled. I have to do a bunch of uh, proposals. Mm hmm. This is I I love talking to people and now I have to send them something and I'm like I'm done. This is this is good. Yeah. I have to find us more talent. Yeah. Um I've got yeah. I have to send people the things that tell them how much money we're gonna cost. So that's gotta happen. Because if I don't do that, then they're never gonna pay. So here we are. Um what? Thoughts on all right, so <laughs> look at this. Okay, <laughs> I'm a hundred percent sure that that Ruffalo did not type that. <laughs> that, was all, that, was, that was authentic. Be amazing <laughs> if he went to the men's room and Ruffalo just jumped on his computer. 
No, I'm a hundred percent. That's what happened. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm a hundred percent. That's what happened. That's awesome. That had to be. There's no way that that slips through, uh, and that doesn't <laughs> it doesn't sound like that. <laughs> and it's all lowercase. Like you just yeah, did it real quick. yeah. Uh, the next the next post that comes out from Zach. Hey, did you know my boss was having this webinar coming up about sales? Like. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, appreciate what's up, Ruffalo. Hope you're doing well. Or Zach, if you're back from the bathroom, never leave your computer. Yeah. LPL makes you lock it in five minutes, but you need to lock it in five seconds. <laughs> you need to defend yourself around there. That's awesome. Clear your browser history. Clear your browser history. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us again. We'll see you on uh, hacked. I know it. See you on Friday. Um, you know, throw us, throw out some questions that you guys have, or always appreciate your guys' questions, throw out who you want us, who you want on the show, what topics you want, what are you guys dealing with? What are you thinking about? What are you going through hiring? What do you go through when you're editing a video? I think we're getting pretty granular on the show. And while we maybe can't, you know, talk about one specific topic for 30 minutes, it always goes somewhere. So give us what you guys got. And that's how, you know, that helps us obviously by, always thinking about you guys. It's why I always ask. I want your information. It's what grows the company. So I appreciate you. I want to do a... Um, bye. Thanks, Nick. I want to do um, Jason... Just, bye. Bye. <laughs> J- uh, Jason uh, Yanowitz, I think is his name. He, he, he founded Blockworks. I want to bring him on. I, I want to dig in on the blockchain thing for a little bit. I reached out to somebody big too that I don't think we'll get, but I, uh, I signed up for um, one of the tiers of this person and ask them to come on the show. They create content, do podcasts on stuff, but I don't, I don't think he'll come, but Gary, <laughs> no. actually nowadays that actually wouldn't be a bad idea. Did Gary come on and talk about NFTs, but no, no, I didn't. Uh, it wasn't Gary. It's uh Raul Hall. Oh, I don't know man. if anybody knows him, but he, um, he, uh, he's a big, big like vision works and, and huge into cryptocurrency. It's, doing more in the crypto space than I've seen anybody else. And he talks to the most famous investors in, in the entire world. And that would be somebody like a, like a Carl, you know, an up there type of Carl, a Carl Richards. Yeah, yeah. So I would be ecstatic to bring him on. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking, I'm looking in the crypto space too. I think that would be, it's too hot right now. Gotta, it's gotta at least have a conversation around it. Nick shared some crazy stuff with me last night from one of the reports that he puts a lot of time into reading. And it was like, I mean, I don't want to, I'm out of my league even repeating it here, but it was basically like around the questions and inflation and the, the value of the dollar that flows as a hedge could go the other direction. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think with with debt and printing money and all these things and, and an alternative asset used to always be gold and silver and, and oil and things, but people are, you know, again, cryptocurrency is becoming- Basketball cards. <laughs> basketball cards. I mean- pictures digital pictures like you can uh world's changing for sure and it's something to pay attention to um whether people say it's volatile or not you know to to act like the world's not changing would be ridiculous there's millions billions of dollars floating around in that world to say it's volatile yes but to say it's not real is is uh is wrong and i don't think there's any advisor saying it's not real i think everybody's just waiting for a country to start creating cryptocurrencies at scale so we can feel like there's regulation and there's value behind something besides the fact that we've all just agreed to use it. I shared on this show when we had, um, um, what's his name on? Uh, why can't I think of it? CFA. Um, Charles Freeman. Yes, Charles. I shared with him where I stood with crypto and it was like, mm-hmm. it's real. I'm not going to ignore that. That's silly and stupid for me to pretend it's not. I can't see the value in it until I see it exchanged meaning i need to see it in practical use right i started to see that over the last two weeks Mm -hmm. i started to see people buying and selling with especially um uh eth right so i started to see the nfts are the only way that people eth is the only currency that people are trading nfts with Mm -hmm. as i start to see that that brings it that makes it real for me that that brings it home. isn't that crazy that this one asset is helping us buy this other asset and like now, I think for the first time, there's been a piece of a real piece of art from Banksy. I think I just read this. I don't know if it was uh, off Gary's page or not, but has been uh, bought with Arethium. Is that right? Yeah. Arethium? Yep. Yep. That was that was the first time. So it's it's crazy what's going on. Um, banks are accepting it, you know. And at, one of the things that I love, and one of the things I pay attention to, uh, and I think it was Matt Higgins 
um, yep. which is That's a awesome. partner, yep. yeah, venture capitalist, partner of Gary Vaynerchuk for anybody who doesn't know. And uh, I'm sure he does a million other things. So I don't want to downgrade. He's the founder of RSE Ventures. Yeah, he's okay. a venture capitalist. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he said something amazing in one of his videos or one of his posts, which was that the the people who really feel real success are the people who didn't need to see it in practice. They don't need to see the lack of volatility. They they well they probably also had the means to do so, but they buy early and they sit on something like that because they you're they're feeling the feeling before the feeling, like before it's real. And that's when because when it's real, it goes starts to go like this. Or it starts to go like this, but you're in down here, and then boom, like yeah. then you're getting those bitcoins, uh, ethereum, you know, all those situations. We and should try to get him on. I, that would be a monster get. Who? Matt. Oh yeah, why not? I mean, at some point we're bre- we're going to break out into the world of this person's closely enough related to business and marketing and not just an advisor, which I feel like we've already done to kind of go anywhere. So again, you know, the entire point of the show is to provide the audience value. If he says stuff that provides you guys value, like which he will a hundred percent. Yeah. I can't imagine him saying not something where we all learn, you know, together, that would be another one. There's, there's so many, there's so many people out there and LinkedIn is such a cool place where you have these powerful people in high up situations with so much experience posting and then the capability to be able to talk to them and all that stuff. I think that's why we're also big on marketing activity. And I'm big on mark, uh, opportunity because, you know, we could, who we've talked to and who we've met and connected to doesn't translate into dollars. But the opportunity that comes from those things that we've done may pay us dividends that changes our life in six months yep. or a year. And that's cool to think about and cool to hang on to. Agreed. Good show, man. Even the even the off the record was good. Even the off the record was solid. It really was. Um, Wait till you guys see when we hit end broadcast. We had a lot. We just start recording on our phones, and then it's real. <laughs> We're still here. And then it's stories. Go to LinkedIn Stories if you want to see this keep going. You get twenty seconds of fire. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, we are going to leave and go get some real work done. We will see you guys on Friday. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We hope that you find value in this show. We hope that you find value in MCO Advisors. You finding success means everything to us. If you found value in this show, please leave us a rating. Thank you all. Talk soon.